1: Lock, talk Radio. Hello, 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 everyone. Calvin Patterson, Midwest Muscle People for Real Talk in the house, and this program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in all of the world. And if you, yes, you. Mm-hmm. Are- Drug free athlete and are looking for a solid foundation to stand on and a vehicle to draw your gauge like what is a match
0: truck to ice cream with sprinkles. The chocolate sprinkles.
1: And some uh, snickerdoodle powder if you need it.
2: But anyway, check us out <laughs>
1: at P for BMussle and now, let us chit chat with Amanda L.A. Roy. How was your dog?
0: Hey, you know, my day was just fine. I am a little sleepy, though. I have to confess. I'm a little sleepy. I'm not sure what all that's hey, about. Hey. But I'm going to liven up here because we have a show to do. And... I don't know what you guys have going on in Illinois, but we're supposed to have a pretty big storm rolling through tomorrow. So if well, you guys have the
1: a kind of cold, I don't know where the snow is going to come from because it's just frigid cold here right now. I don't
0: know. I think we're supposed to have just everything, just just elements, just elements, and ice it's and rain it's and winter. and stuff and stuff. It's just going to be the stuff, Kaylin. It's going to be it's the weather. stuff. It's weather. It's, <laughs> it's weather in the winter. Yes. It's weather in the winter. So I know we're talking about weather in the winter, but I'm going to shift gears here and talk about something that we really don't talk about on this show, and that's Justin Bieber, the Biebs. How many, <laughs> of, out, how many of you out there are, are fans of the Beebster? I've been watching this kid since he was tiny and now he's grown and creating all kinds of drama on his own. But the, the one of the newest reasons he's in the news is that uh, he finally came out and shared that he has been battling Lyme disease for like the past couple of years. And so, you know, Lyme is one of those diseases where you, I mean, you hear about it in Iowa, I guess, and probably in the Midwest because it's associated with tick bites. But I'm not sure, you know, how many other folks are familiar with Lyme disease. But now that Justin Bieber has come out that he's been battling with it. And, you know, there have been other celebrities that have come out and talked about dealing with Lyme disease as well. I'm, uh, I'm hazarding a guess that notoriety of this disease is going to uh, shoot through the roof here. I mean, I'm sure ever since Bieber came out with his tweet, people have just been Googling Lyme disease left and right to try to figure out what he's talking about. And so to help us figure out and share what Justin Bieber is talking about, we're our guest tonight, one that is uh, near and dear to my heart, uh, my husband, Mr. Corey Carruthers. He is a survivor of Lyme disease. That's right. We got the hubs on the show. So, uh yes, Corey, why don't you go ahead? Introduce yourself, tell listener land a little bit about yourself, and uh then we'll get down to the nitty gritty and just talk about what all this right. uh Lyme is all about.
2: Well Yes, I am Corey Carruthers. Um I have been um battling Lyme disease since um I would probably say I got bitten back in 2008, and uh, um, after I got bit, it looked like a half bullseye. It almost looked like a ringworm, and at that time, I was kind of uh, pretty much Lyme illiterate and didn't know what it was, and so I just mm-hmm. kind of chalked it up as just ringworm, and I didn't get sick. Nothing ever happened to me. Until about a year and a half later. And then my right elbow, my arms started to twitch, got tremors in that. And then the next day, it was my other elbow, just the muscles started twitching. And then the third day was my whole body. And that time I knew something was wrong, horribly wrong. And started going to see the doctors, and it was just a nightmare. And throughout that time, um, I'm not sure how Justin Bieber's, uh, what his symptoms are as far as um, it, it, it can mask so many different diseases, um, such as MS, ALS, fibromyalgia. I mean, there's a ton of ton of uh, diseases out there that it does mimic. Um but when I went in they were yeah, they were checking for MS or and uh ALS and you know, some pretty scary things. Mm-hmm. And uh it was it was definitely eye opening. Um there was I bet. Um, I bet it was. Yeah. And
0: actually if I could jump uh, in here for a second, so Lyme yeah. disease. I guess we've talked about the name, but we haven't really talked about like what it is. And I mean, and it's it's hard to even describe what it is. But it's an infectious disease, and it's caused by the bite of a a tick. But not just not mm-hmm. just any tick. And every tick. It is. Um, oh, and I and I never pronounce this right. It's a it's a what is it? The what is it, Corey? black
2: deer tick. Yep. Yeah, black-legged
0: yeah, black deer tick. But the the mm-hmm. official name for it, is it is it spirochete spirochet spiro something.
2: It's called a spirochete that lives inside the tick.
0: Yes. Yeah, spirochete is actually a
2: bacteria. Yes. So it's actually a bacteria.
0: Yeah. And that's so uh, another. And
2: bacteria are really hard to kill. Really hard to kill.
1: Um, yep.
0: Yep. So you said it was a sparrow keet, so another name for it is the Borrelia burgdorferi, so a lot of big names for it. Yeah. But uh, in case anybody's wondering, it doesn't, um, not every tick carries this. So it's just the uh, black-legged deer tick that Corey was sharing about, and and it's usually found only in, like, I think, like the northeast and the midwest states, Corey, is that right?
2: Correct, but uh, pretty much everywhere you can get Lyme disease in any state. But gotcha. the highest concentrations <clears throat> are found in the upper Midwest and and the eastern part of the, of the United States. Uh, when you go down south into Missouri and further south down into Texas, it's known as the Lone Star Tick or Lone Star uh, disease. Uh, you go further west, it's known as Rocky Mountain Fever. It's basically all the same. Same bacteria. Um, well, a little history back in, uh, I believe it was the late '70s. I think really ground zero for Lyme disease was a place called Lyme, Connecticut, and that's where it was discovered, and that's that's where the name comes from. It's from Lyme, Lyme, Connecticut. That's where it was discovered. All right.
0: And uh, so if you like conspiracy theory like I do, and maybe you do too, Caitlin, (laughs) but I believe there was an article in Time Magazine, and I'll have to see if I can find it, but uh, an article in Time Magazine or one of those um, reputable magazines, I think, if it wasn't fake news, um, stating that, you know, the government had finally. Fessed up that maybe they were doing some experimentation with such now a bacteria the conspiracy
2: theory you got to bring that up conspiracy huh, theories right. yeah
0: yeah because <laughs> it's always more fun with conspiracy theory right, <laughs> right. but uh, that could be could be possibly a source of how this this little bug no pun intended um, got released into the environment so anyway, yes. I'll see if I can yeah. find that, see if I can find that, but all right. So Corey, he's got the conspiracy disease.
2: Theory? I could tell you that, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know that right uh-huh.
2: so you So uh-huh. you got,
0: you got, you were diagnosed with the disease and a little bit of background here. So Corey didn't really share a whole lot of his background, but he's a taxidermist. He's also a hunter. Yeah. So being yes. about um, in nature is not something that, you know, was new, or even being around ticks is not something that was new or uncommon for you. You've been doing it your whole life, but uh, this one instance, it just happened to catch up with you. So, is about a year and a half. Right. Um, you started to go to doctors, um, started seeing symptoms, and uh, how did that process go for you?
2: Well, actually, I went through I think 14 to 15 different doctors. I saw Um, head neurologist from um, uh, Mercy uh, Hospitals to um, Unity Point or Methodist Hospital. And I brought in a, a sheet of paper that had 28 different symptoms on it. And I handed it to one of the neurologists and he kind of laughed at me and said, this is kind of unheard of. I'm like, well, that's what I'm dealing with and he could not find anything and throughout all of those 14 to 15 different doctors they all ran blood tests but when they ran the test they just checked it for deficiencies they never went ahead and checked my blood for actual Lyme disease because I believe yes there is a, a huge conspiracy theory I think there's um uh, um there's what did we check out? Thirty thousand people that are diagnosed with Lyme disease each year, but it's actually more along the lines of three hundred thousand, I believe. If I if I remember correctly, yep. does
0: yep, I think those numbers sound good. Yeah. Yep.
2: But anyway, the they don't want it's it's pretty much an untreatable disease when it comes to western medicine pretty much you're put on a protocol of antibiotics for i think 30 to uh, 30 to 60 days i can't remember what the actual protocol for it is but uh um and it's just a uh, doxycycline and after you get done with that through or uh, through your doctors they consider you to be done with with the disease um that was not the, the case in, in my, my point. My point was I was uh, diagnosed at a stage four Lyme disease. Um, it had a, I had a tremendous amount of joint pain, muscle pain. I used a cane and a walker for two years. Um, I was pretty much bedridden. Um, there were so many times I was married at the time and, and uh, she would have to, you know, lift me up out of the couch or lift me up out of the bath- or, um, um, bed and take me to the bathroom. And it was very, very humbling and very humili- humiliating at the same time. And it was, uh, I felt like I was in a, a cocoon, you know, and I, I couldn't get out. It was it was a horrible, horrible, oh, gosh, I had meningitis uh, three different times, Lyme meningitis three different times. And uh, that, uh, where you would see things, you would, it was, Lyme disease is also known as a a neurological, neurological Lyme disease. So it affects everything, everything in the brain, every organ, um, muscles, joints, it can be found everywhere. Sometimes they have to do like a spinal tap in order to find this baroqueet. Within, within the fluid of the uh, spinal fluid. So, But there's a, a lot of different tests out there. Um, we'll get back to the test. One is a test, the Western Blot test, that can be done at hospitals. Um, doctors will kind of shy away from that. So as, as I've learned, there are uh, there, there's a laboratory out in California called Igenics Laboratories. They specialize in Lyme disease. So I recommend if anyone is having any symptoms of Lyme, <clears throat> I highly recommend that you find a doctor that really isn't affiliated with any hospital that is independent and have their blood uh, blood work done and shipped out to Igenics Laboratories in California. And then you'll get a, a true a true test on a true positive or true negative test on it.
0: Gotcha. So it's, so you were sharing earlier and we've got some listener questions that we're going to get to here, but just to kind of tag into this, you were sharing earlier that, you know, Lyme disease mimics like so many other diseases out there. It makes it one of the hardest diseases to detect. So, Really, getting the right test is, is so instrumental in um, determining what you might have. Um, and it took you over a year and 15 doctors to even get to a point where someone could say, yes, that's what you have. It's Lyme disease. So some of these questions, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to, yeah, that's a long time to be battling with something not mm-hmm. knowing what it is. Um, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to answer them, but we're going to go ahead and roll through them and see how far we get. Jeremy wants to okay. know what's the medicine used to treat it and what are some of the side effects?
2: Mm. So as far as the Western medicine goes, um, the number one, you're, you're going to be put on antibiotics. The doctor will put you on doxycycline. Um, it is very, very difficult on your gut extremely difficult and that is a problem with all or most of your antibiotics that you take um it pretty much destroys it kills the bacteria or it it, let me back up it the uh spirochete is one of the hardest bacteria to kill but as far as you know um any other kind of bacteria it's your antibiotics will, will kill it off, um, but so one of the side effects is it's uh, uh, called a Herxing reaction. It's uh, similar to uh, what a cancer patient goes through. It can be very, very painful, very difficult. Your body will start um, you'll start vomiting, you'll start uh, um, running high fevers. Uh, it's, it's 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 very painful. It's very painful, and especially being, being put on antibiotics for such a long period of time. I was I was on antibiotics for about uh, two years, oral antibiotics yeah, I for about two years. So, it destroyed my gut, and I virtually have no immune system whatsoever because of being on prolonged term of antibiotics.
0: All right. So this question is from Bill. He wants to know and I'm sure those are not the only treatments that they probably have in what you're calling Western medicine or the mainstream mm-hmm. medical model. So guys, there's an example of a few things. Um Bill wants to know what happens to the body if Lyme disease is not treated.
2: You can <clears throat> it depends on the person. I will say that. Uh, some people they get a They get a fever, they get a, they just feel like they have the flu and they can get over it, uh, with, uh, with antibiotics and they'll be fine. But in the meantime, that spirochete is still, the spirochetes are still living inside you and they are still creating, uh, damage throughout your lifetime. And a lot of, a lot of that would be joint problems or muscle problems. Um, and I think I do have joint problems. I do have muscle problems. I do have muscle shaking and stuff. But I think that's from from the from the Lyme disease, from the spirochete, that it's done so much damage into my body. Um, usually, people can get a bullseye rash after 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 the bite, and you can pretty much get t- get the disease taken care of pretty much right away. But for me, seems it was a year and a half from bite to the diagnosis. That bacteria had a long time to build up in my system and create a lot of damage. And it did. <laughs> it, did.
0: But. it did. It did. It um, did. And, you know, and, and I think something fair to share is in your case, I mean, You know, you've had a history even since you were small of, you know, just being bombarded by different illnesses. So your, um, you know, immune system has been battling from day one. So everybody has a different reaction to it because, as you said, some people might get it. If there's early detection, they might feel like they have the flu. They can get treated for it, move on with life, and it's cool. Yours, this is almost like a really extreme case, but but you made It it through. Um, so you know, some of the reactions that you're experiencing may not necessarily happen to everybody who has the disease, but I know that you've been contacted by, you know, several people who have had Lyme from various parts of the country and uh they they are experiencing similar symptoms to what you experienced as well.
2: And they do, they do Um they I don't know how many people have contacted me, but they've they've all asked me, you know what did you go through? What can I do now? What are you doing now um, And I went the holistic route um after uh after a scary event um I was seeing a specialist down in, I'll just say another state, and I started to do i v antibiotics. And he was a Lyme disease specialist. And he, he decided to put me on IV antibiotics. I had a pick line done in my arm where the tube went, goes straight to the heart. And I started injecting myself with a, uh, I think it was septomaxin, if I remember correctly. And um, 2,000 milligrams of septomaxin, I believe it was three times a day I injected myself. Um, about a month and a half into it, my body started rejecting it, and I had nine heart attacks in three days.
0: Goodness!
2: Um, and then, it, then I became extremely, extremely scared of of all Western medicine. So then I changed over to holistic medicine. It probably took me a, about two years to to get back into a doctor um having nine heart attacks kind of it'll scare anyone but luckily i had no heart damage whatsoever praise the lord on that praise the lord
0: yeah no doubt no doubt that's a that's a blessing all right so we've got some listeners they're wanting some more detail on some of the terms that you're using like uh jimmy is curious as to what is a spinal tap And several folks are asking, "What is a pick line?" If you could give us a little more definition of those two, those two procedures.
2: Um, A spinal tap is where they uh, draw fluid from your spine, and they will uh, use a syringe and draw the fluid with, um, and they will take that fluid and run the test and see if there's any aspirates
1: in in
2: that fluid. A PIC line is um, IV antibiotics, and they will take, make a small incision in the inside of the bicep, and run a tube. Um, it's kind of like having a port. Uh, um, they'll run a tube from that bicep and that all the way to the heart, so you can give yourself uh, IV antibiotics that way.
0: Okay, gotcha. So hopefully that's helpful to you guys. Um, Brett is saying, how can this disease be avoided? It sounds like anyone can get it at any time. Actually, Brent, sorry, Brent, not Brent, but Brent (laughs) wants to know, how can uh, Lyme disease be avoided?
2: Walk outside in a bubble. (laughs) 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 Uh, You can't. You, you, you can't avoid it I mean basically if I mean somebody could be playing kids could be playing out in their backyard um and they can they can get it if you're everyone thinks that oh deer or ticks are found only in the woods, so my kids are are fine typically the best or where ticks hang out is along the timber in the grass. That's where they like to hang out, but uh, uh, or in the tall grass. I think my son, we, we went turkey hunting one time, and we only walked, I would say probably three hundred yards. This was in the springtime, and I pulled off. I think it was nine ticks off of me, and I think he, or no, it was eight or nine ticks off of off of him, and I pulled off like fourteen. Off of me, so it's it you you cannot avoid avoid uh, ticks. Now the CDC mm-hmm. says um, that only ticks carry it. If you want to, if you've followed different uh, Lyme disease chat rooms, they say that spiders and also mosquitoes will carry it. Um, so again, I mean it's it's something that really can't be avoided
0: but in the same vein guys i don't want you to like freak out and think that you actually should (laughs) put yourself in a bubble or avoid the outdoors (laughs) there are a lot of benefits there are a lot of benefits to being outdoors and you know it's uh it's just one of those things this the whole reason for sharing this or asking Corey to be on the show is a it's timely Um, because there's going to be a lot of people out there buzzing about it. But because it is still virtually unknown to a lot of people, just to raise awareness so that, you know, if you are outside, you're in tall grass, wooded areas, you know, when you come back in, check yourself over, check your hair, check, you know, little creases where, you know, a little bug might hide. And a lot of times you're going to come in and you're not going to have anything. You're not going to have any ticks. But, you know, when you're like Corey or his son, Mason, who are very active out in nature, hunting and this and that, then, yeah, they're they're increasing their exposure. Um, and you notice that it hasn't stopped him any from doing those activities. He is just cautious about checking himself over and, um, sure. you know, making sure he's not carrying them. And, you know, dogs are easily prone. I mean, a lot of people probably are familiar with ticks because their dogs will get them. From them romping around out in the grass and whatnot. And so, if you do, if you check your guys, if you check yourself thoroughly, and you've got that early detection, then, you know, if you have a tick, you're supposed to get a long needle-nose tweezers or something and grab it by the head and pull it out. Make sure the head's been removed, and, you know, you should be cool. So don't yeah. don't everybody yeah. freak yeah. out about it all at Um As Brenda said, and, this and stuff sounds outright frightening, well and it could be, but it doesn't have to be. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. Well, whatever you do, uh, there's an old way of removing ticks, and that's taking a, a match and uh, uh, lighting it, and then blowing it out, and instantly trying and put it on the tick, and and that will that will make the uh, the that tick come out. Well, what actually happens is the tick will actually regurgitate whatever fluid it sucked up into you, and pushes it back into into you before it releases and uh, comes out so initially what it's doing is is pushing that spirochete, that that bacteria into you so do not use a a match <laughs> just don't do that <laughs> just use a <laughs> okay. um, um, match just
0: forget the yeah match. don't use a
2: match and <laughs> when you pull it out with tweezers, gently pull on it, make sure you get it, make sure you're not squeezing. That tick too much, and where you're squeezing the the sparrow key back into you, the same thing. So it's just a, a, a smooth, gentle pull.
0: Yeah we got you, KP.
2: Funny, you... Yeah.
1: yeah, hopefully,
0: KP. Anything to jump in with at the moment?
1: Yeah, I, I'm just taking it all in because this is a lot of information I never thought about. You know, dang, I have I, much respect to you, brother. You've been holding it down a lot of
2: years it can't be easy. Been trying to and and I love to work out and uh I used to love to work out before I got the disease and, and when I did get it, like I said, I felt like I was living in a show and I just remembered the person that I used to be. As far as working out all the time and it was just loved doing it, loved doing it and, and there I was with a cane and walker and could barely move. I mean, it's it's a tough pill to swallow. It really, really is. And there were a lot of times where, where I couldn't even, even be. I, I couldn't even talk on a phone because of the the brain fog that I had. Um, still dealing with a little bit of brain fog. Uh, still, still struggling with being articulate. But uh, um, it was definitely a. Tough toes to swallow, knowing that you know. Geez, I could. I used to be able to lift this much weight, and now I can't. I mean, it's, it's pretty tough. Pretty tough. Maybe one of these days, right, Des? One of these days will.
0: Uh, don't we'll let him pull stage, you, right? he, All
2: right. <laughs> he
0: still throws up quite a bit of weight. We talk about him getting up on a natural stage, guys. So maybe, maybe one of these
2: days. Maybe um, one of these days.
0: Question, one of them. This next question is from Sarah. She says, I have mild arthritis, and I know sleeping through the night is tough. If you have all over joint issues, how has it affected your sleep cycle?
2: <laughs> I think you could you could probably talk on that one, Des. <laughs> um, my sleep oh, I schedule should. is, well, with... With my disease, when when they first diagnosed me, um, my doctor put me on uh, a couple different sleeping medications because when I would close my eyes, I would have all these light flashes, and it was like little miniature seizures. So the medication that they put me on calmed those miniature seizures down. Um, Now, as far as having arthritis and joint pain, um, my back hurt all the time. I'd have to wear a back brace. Um, you might want to check and see if 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 you do have Lyme disease. Uh, I'll be direct and honest with you. Um, there's the amount of joint pain that a person has um, with the Lyme disease is excruciating. It is excruciating, so you might want to double check um, I'm sorry, what was the question about sleeping habits?
0: yeah, she was just saying how did it how has Lyme disease affected your sleep cycle
2: mhm mhm well when when I, when I first got the the uh uh Lyme disease i was I was sleeping anywhere from um um fourteen sixteen hours a day. I was in bed a lot a lot. So it was a lot of sleep, a lot of sleep,
0: and now he doesn't like to sleep he's making up for lost time but i do <laughs> i do have a little i do have a little rant about this, and it's not so much that he was put on medication to help him sleep at that point and get through his little mini seizures, but it would appear to me that no one was paying attention <laughs> to his progress yeah. as he came through this disease, and now he doesn't have those same symptoms anymore, but now he can't sleep without the meds and i right know and mm-hmm. i I have a hard time not liking this likening this to the opioid epidemic, where if you're gonna prescribe someone something over long term you got to keep an eye on them and make sure that the addiction yeah. doesn't run away with them so that they can wean Agreed. themselves off of the drug when their symptoms are over, because it gets to the point then where even if they want to, they can't. And it's so terribly hard. And that's all I have to say about that. So as far as his mm-hmm. sleep pattern, mm-hmm. now, he has a hard time falling asleep and, um, and sometimes staying asleep, but I guess you get it done in there, dear,
2: don't you? I try to, yes, yes. All uh, right. I'm usually rant over. you're usually way asleep ahead of me, way longer before I am in sleep.
0: <laughs> um, Debbie says prayers for a blessing and blessed breakthrough soon. So thanks for that, Debbie. So, so you went. I mean, you had a long road to hoe. This was attacking your. Um, you know, motor skills. And as a taxidermist, if you can't use your hands and whatnot, then you really can't work. So that was tough for you there. You are on a cane and walker. Yeah. You had the green fog at one point. Um, if I've got the story correct, you were even headed to hospice care. So mm-hmm, what, was it mm-hmm, that turned, what was it that turned this around for you?
2: I don't know. Uh, well, yeah. The third time I had meningitis, um, my doctors um, had talked to um, ta- talked to us about uh, possible hospice, and uh, um, it never got to that point. But oh my goodness, that was definitely a scary because no one really graduates from hospice. But <laughs> um, um, what was the question? I'm sorry about the hospice.
0: Um, so what, where was the turning point for you? Because I know there are a lot of lows, All you know, you, you were just in so much pain where you're like, why am I even doing this? But there had to have been a turning it, point where things got better and, you know, you it, started it, to especially move out. with the
2: holistic. Yeah. Especially with the holistic medicine. Um, but back up a little bit, I became very, very close to, co- close to God, became very faithful. Throughout this whole experience, there's a lot of times where I questioned, um, questioned God and and why He was doing this to me and or not why He was doing this, to me, but why I was being done or why why I was going through this. And there was a lot of questions and and it really tested my my faith and my faith really grew tremendously throughout the whole thing. Um, and uh, you know, everything is is all to God. Praise praise God for sure. Um and then I got into the holistic holistic end of things um I found a doctor uh that uh has helped many Lyme disease uh patients of hers, and they feel like as though they are lyme disease free i mean they're living a great life and uh um from the time that I started with her until now, she had she had really turned my life around. So it was the uh, a DesBio uh, protocol. There's a lot of there's several chiropractors that that handle the DesBio uh, uh, medicine, but a lot of them do not follow the DesBio protocol. And the lady that I saw was very strict on following the DesBio protocol, and so therefore it helped me out tremendously. Some people, some of the chiropractors that don't follow it, um, they their patients get really, they don't have those same results that I did. So I was very blessed to, very blessed to find her, very blessed.
0: And um, actually, the doctor that that helped Corey, that he calls more of medicine on the eastern side of things, she was a Lyme survivor herself. And that kind of started her journey on, um, you know, becoming more versed in trying to treat the disease, um, looks here question from Carla. She's directed towards me is wondering, um, how has my life been changed upon being supportive of her husband in a situation? Um, you know, it's just very eye opening, um, And, but also reaffirming that there are other methods out there for treating, you know, diseases that individuals might have where one medical model doesn't seem to help and they feel like there's no hope, that there are other options that do provide hope. And it also just keeps my focus on you know, health and just life and how precious it really is. And it's it's also very motivating to me. I mean, you know, here was an individual who, as he's shared with you, pretty much had his life stripped away from him and then praise the Lord, it's been given back to him and he's out there rocking and rolling and making the most of things and, um, you know, very prominent in his field of work and industry and, is just, you know, every year he gets back to something that he gave up or didn't mm-hmm. used to do and is just reclaiming those things. So it just helps to keep perspective on on life in and of itself. And, you know, I just think the way that he approaches things are great. Um, you know, and this one's from Aubrey and uh, is asking if, uh, Cora, you have any memory lapses it seems like sometimes um your short term memory is not quite keeping keeping up with you and <laughs> and and that would be true. And that would be true. And it's one of the things that you still kind of <clears throat> battle with a little bit. Although I will say there are things that I wish he wouldn't remember <laughs> that he has no problem recalling.
1: Uh-huh. And then of
0: course other uh-huh. things he conveniently forgets. But I think that's more of a, a husband right. thing than a, a Lyme
2: disease yeah. thing. <laughs> Oh yeah. wow! Collective no, memory.
1: Collective, no,
2: right, Kalen? selective you memory.
1: Back, you take that back, dad. You take that. I can't take it back because all the ladies out there know it's true. Yeah, uh, uh, no, I got. Hey, I, I'm not. I'm not leaving them hanging. I'm not leaving them hanging. Women stick together. Brothers got to hang together too. You right. Take exactly. It back. <laughs>
2: Oh, no, the memory thing—that is horrible. Um, the there's so much of my son's childhood and my childhood that I don't remember. It, that's very difficult to to swallow. Things that that uh, uh, my parents say, "Hey, do you remember when when Mason used to do this or do that or or Corey? Do you remember when you used to do this or you're." Uh, How I used to say say my say the words and and uh, all that all those memories are gone. Uh, Hopefully one day I can hopefully I'll I'll get them back. But uh, you know the memory thing it's it's uh, a lot of memories from Lyme disease that's actually called uh, uh, from another um, you know I can't find the right word um, co-infection there it is. Uh, it's called Babesia. Um, Babesia is another kind of uh, uh, organism that lives l- lives in the within the brain. Um, my holistic doctor has uh, killed the Babesia, but the there's uh, the Babesia shell is pretty much the it's, it's died, but it's left it's its shell on the inside of the brain and it releases toxins and those toxins um, definitely affect uh, my memory. And that's, that's what we're dealing with now. So, but yeah, I miss, miss all those memories. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, that one's that one's kind of tough. Nathan says, wow, this disease mm-hmm. sounds never-ending. And, Nathan, it does have its days. Some of the, the side effects are still there. But um, I hope one effect that we are seeing um, with the disease, is, as more and more people have to deal with it, is that you can still have a very full life with it, but, you know, there's still um, some outliers that tend to hang on, even though you make progress. A uh, question here yes. from Bill. He says, you guys are always talking about alternative methods other than this nation's drug-addicting drug addicting prescription diet. I'm sure there has to be something that can at least give back some semblance of a less painful life, right? And the answer to that, Bill, is yes. I mean, Corey is a prime example of that where... Um, the antibiotics and all of those other things that he was on um didn't work um there was a protocol and it deals in yes kaylin des des is part of the name it's a des bio um <laughs> there are a lot of herbs and natural things um as part of the protocol and i guess protocol is a fancy name for program so you know the program or the regimen that you're put on and uh it's highly refined um and, it's, and just to be honest, it's not cheap, and insurance is not going to cover it, but it can be oh, wow. well worth it. It can be well worth it. So when I talk about alternatives, they're there. They are uh, not always, um, quote-unquote, I guess, affordable, but if there's a will, there's a way. And so, yes, there are, there are options, Bill, that can make life less painful and better and get to the point where Corey is at, even though he still has symptoms, he's in remission.
2: Yeah. Without the, I mean, keep your, keep, keep an open mind, especially when it comes to the holistic, uh, holistic approach. When I was doing the Western medicine, I heard about Des Bio and, and the holistic side of things, but I was dead set against doing it because that's how I have been trained throughout my entire life. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people have. Um, hear, yeah. so, we're we're all drinking drinking the same same water. And man, keep your eyes keep your eyes open, keep your mind open and learn and, and absorb what what other people are telling you. Um and be 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 extremely observant of, of that. So um um so, yeah, I'm very happy with the with the holistic side of things, the Desbio approach. I'm very happy with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, and there's still things that we're still learning. I mean, and just basic stuff, not even necessarily associated with Lyme disease. But, you know, we try really hard to work on his gut. I mean, you guys have heard us talk a lot about the gut and the importance of having a healthy gut. So making sure that we can, you know, build his back up and strengthen it. And hopefully, you know, in turn by doing that, his immune system will follow suit, um, and pick things back up. I always tease him that if anybody's going to get sick in our family, it's him. And then, you know, about a week later, I'll have a version of oh it, goodness. but I usually, I usually bounce back, you know, rather quickly compared to what he does. So, um, you know, his, his gut and his immune system are very important to us. So, we continue to do our research and um, just try to practice good health. Are we a perfect at it 100% of the time? Definitely not. But it's always at the forefront of everything that we do. And, you know, and right. I'm, I'm okay with that because that's an area that I continually want to be learning and improving in. And like we're doing tonight, sharing the story so that others can benefit from our experiences as well.
2: Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, the gut is, is huge. The gut is huge. Um, there was a period of time where I was actually taking 250 billion units of of, uh, of probiotics at one time throughout the day. That's a lot of probiotics, but I needed it, especially with all the antibiotics that you take. Anyone that's taking antibiotics also needs to take a probiotic to help build up that gut health. I do recommend that if you do go on antibiotics of any sort. Yep, yeah,
0: yep. Yeah. So, and I just learned something. Though I'm going to throw a new word at you. Maybe this will be a show for uh, the future. But a word called modbiotics, which is kind of like a fertilizer for fr- probiotics of your gut. So, but anyway, we're not going to mm. dive down into that. And um, Corey is not fat. <laughs> He's not overweight. What improving improving the improving his gut? What I'm talking about are like the cultures in there, the cultures in there, the good bacteria that break down food, and uh, all of that good stuff. They, it's all tied to your health. It impacts your health. It impacts so many parts of your health, not just your weight, not the size of it.
2: I'm just full figured.
0: We'll just call him Fluffy
2: he's Fluffy right now
0: He's not even fluffy, right <laughs> not fluffy, even fluffy right But gut health When I talk gut health I'm not <laughs> talking about abs I'm not talking muscular I'm talking about the internal workings Of your digestive system So maybe it'll be right. uh, Maybe that'll be a show for the future I know we've talked about it But not really in depth So we'll have to see uh see uh which of our experts we can twist their arm to come on and talk to us about gut health but when i talk about gut health that's what i'm talking about now when i start talking about abs and abs are made in the kitchen that's totally muscular and that is totally different <laughs> it's not what mm. we are
1: talking about
0: tonight so mm. anyway oh, so what wait, that means. wait
1: wait hold on there oh because you just okay. yeah you just awakened my mind. Uh, I remember there was an article talking about you know how we do with the zero fats or fat free, and one of the components of doing that, you know, to still keep some kind of taste to it, was taking uh, a, uh, one of the one of the products that goes in there and actually helps helps health uh, your your gut health and because of the fat-free way it was made and designed, it was actually weakening that and, and weakening people's uh, immune system as part of it. And I was thinking, wow, hmm. you know, we, we we do so much to, to, to cater to being healthy that we're actually putting ourselves at risk because the research doesn't come out until five or 10 years later as to what's mm-hmm. been going on with the things we've been eating. So that's, uh, I, it, it's, it's it's a segue that has no point or meaning, but it just made me think about that how <laughs> we we don't even know how we're 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 damaging ourselves thinking we're eating healthy. I,
2: the I know the whole...
1: That's what we grew up with. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: not not yeah. so much. Not so much.
0: And, you know, I'm a public relations practitioner by trade, and sometimes just the beauty and effectiveness of true public relations and marketing is so effective, it makes me ashamed (laughs) because we have duped as an industry, uh, a communications industry, so many people into bad thinking like the low-fat, no-fat, eggs are bad, Um, you know, C- cholesterol is bad. Well, added cholesterol is bad, but your body produces cholesterol. So that cholesterol is not bad. We need cholesterol. I mean, just just low carb and just uh, just so many things relating to the diet and food and our health that just gained momentum, and people just believe it and believe it for years, yeah. and we're paying the price for it. We're paying the price for years of deceptive nutrition marketing. We're paying the price for it right now. And uh, and still, most of the world doesn't even know it. <laughs> and so as a pub- as a public relations practitioner, as a professional communicator, I mean, I marvel at how effective the the written and spoken word is, but yet I'm ashamed at how it's been used to just – Line the pockets of big companies and bring people to bad health. I mean, it's it's a two edged sword
2: for me right there. If the good Lord made it, eat it.
1: Yeah, right. That's what now, it rolls down to. Now
0: that we're totally, now that we're totally off track and talking about everything but our topic, but that's okay. So <laughs> I feel like we've had some really good questions, and uh, you know, I'm glad to be able to share this information and have uh, Corey on the show. Um, any last thoughts, Kalen, before we uh, we start to do our sign-off dance?
1: No, I, I just, I, you know, kudos to Corey for holding it together because I, I, we didn't get any questions on the mental aspect of it, but I know that that can take its toll when, like he was saying, you're looking at the body that you had as compared to what the body you have to live with after the, the disease. So, mm-hmm. you know, hats mm-hmm. off to that. For sure.
2: Hey, thanks, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Difficult times, that's for sure. Difficult times.
0: And you know,
2: God, as we shared,
0: Cory gets definitely praise the Lord. Um, Corey gets contacted by, you know, I, I won't say it's like just hundreds of people because it's not, but it seems like on a regular mm-hmm. basis, at least. As long as we've been together, you know, a couple of folks a year just reaching out, trying to figure out what to do um, with this disease. So if any of you are out there listening um, and you, you have Lyme disease and you're not quite sure where to take it or you just want to speak with someone else um, who's been through it, um, you know, Corey is open to sharing his story like he yeah. is tonight. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can find him on Facebook. Corey Carruthers. Um and just drop him a message if you uh if you have questions or you just want someone to chat with or you know, just talk about your own experience and just understand that you're not alone in all of this.
2: I would be more than happy to help and try and get people pointed in in the right direction of, of more of a holistic medicine. So, yeah.
0: And there you have it. And there you, you have were- it. I tell you what, from Justin Bieber to Corey Carruthers, this is all about the Lyme disease. Oh, speaking of which, I uh, I did find that article, um, and it was by the Washington Post, <laughs> and it was published, I'm trying to find the date now here, in August of this year, so I knew it wasn't that long ago, and spoiler alert, it says that Lyme disease is not a government conspiracy uh, it says the real reason for the increase in this stupid disease is what? Well, according to the CDC, there are just more ticks around to carry it. Um, it says also wait, the spread wait, of Lyme wait. disease. Over the past... Hold on, hold on. Also the spread of Lyme disease over the past several decades has been linked to changes in land use patterns, including reforestation in the northeastern United States. Suburban development in these areas has increased the spread of these germs because people, ticks, deer, and tick hosts, such as mice and chipmunks, are in close contact. So no government conspiracy. It's just the increase in the number of ticks and urban sprawl putting us in the vicinity of the ticks' natural habitat is basically what it comes down to as reasons for the increase in numbers of Lyme disease. Okay, Kaylin Patterson, what were you saying?
1: Well, I'm going to, you're, you're saying that it's not government related, but then you say the CDC said. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'd like to beg a there for what that bad article is. Well, my mama said it. My mama said it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, I was thinking
0: so, the same thing. I am just reporting. I am just yes, reporting the yes, news ma'am. said. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll so we will changing climate patterns can alter the natural environment and longstanding ecological relationship. The CDC folks went on. We don't know where those changes will be, but we know that climate is only one of several very important factors that influence the distribution and occurrence of vector-borne diseases. Oops, did they say changing climate again with a the conspiracy Uh-oh. theory?
2: <laughs> so the article was
0: in the Washington Post it was written by Petula Dvorak on August 12th 2019 and it's called is my Lyme disease part of a government conspiracy so you guys can check that out and read it for yourself so and with that being said you know Corey um, he has competed in bodybuilding way back when in the yesteryear so we uh Again. You know, we talk about him being on a stage um, in the future, but most recently, you may have seen him if you've been at a natural bodybuilding venue where we have both been. He's also been uh, judging as well, so he's put on the the judging hat for the Natties, and uh, he still participates that way. Um, you know, in addition to uh, accompanying me. Accompanying me on my shenanigans and Kalen too. He's been a cameraman for us before. And, you know, yeah, he's, yeah. In the, yeah. he's in the Midwest muscle mix.
2: Yes. it's so.
0: yes.
2: been a lot of fun.
1: Busy
0: yep. It is a lot of fun. Well, we're going to have to get back at that in 2020 and get back out. No, well, no,
1: no. Hey, hey, hey you're not going to sit there and, and end this show without talking about all these things that he has planned in the future as far as his career in, uh,
0: on the other side of things. Well, well, go ahead, Corey. Well, one thing's for sure. We're, uh, we're getting ready to take a trip in March. That's what right. are we going to be doing? Where are we going? Where are we going?
2: Canada, Canada. Yeah.
0: yes. Yeah, boy. Hey. so we're going about, we're, we're going about the boat. Why are we going
2: north? Why are you you we going north in, <laughs> in March? It's too cold, but we're going to Canada. I know, that's a
0: crazy question. That's a crazy question. But Corey yeah. also it's judges
1: Canadian taxidermy. Marie.
0: Yep, yep. He also judges taxidermy competitions. Yes, that's a thing. If you guys didn't know, now you know. Yep. And he's yeah, going to be given some has, stuff, has,
2: so. Yep, every state has a taxidermy association. They have annual competitions and. And I've been judging, oh, shoot, for 23, 24 years now, taxidermy competitions, Long time. Long time.
0: Long time. Long time. So, guys, I think we're at the point now where I say, on behalf of uh, Lyme disease sufferers and survivors, taxidermy, mm-hmm. <laughs> taxidermists everywhere. Hey, taxidermy brothers, is- the boys the muscle. That's right. And this is where Kalen interjects his snickerdoodle shout-out.
1: Because it helps with taxidermy. <laughs> because it does. And <laughs> what I say, on behalf
0: of myself and the boys from p for p Muscle, your body is a temple, so let's build it.
2: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?